PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Hey, Crespo Diso listeners and Florida residents, time to go to StreamlineFlorida.com and see about getting a new home equity loan or refinancing your current loan. Guys, loan interest rates are at historically low levels. Take advantage today. Go to StreamlineFlorida.com to get the process started online or call them at 407-898-4477. You can even email the president, Brian Zymel himself, B-Zymel, B-Z-I-M-E-L at StreamlineFlorida.com and ask them about how they can help you get better rates, lower payments, pay for your loan quicker what do you want to do streamline florida can help you do it they are a plus rated at the better business bureau they are highly recommended by many people they have so many great testimonials out there peter von saborski at scotch good conversation and dd von saborski from dinner and good conversation both used their services both super happy with streamline mortgage solutions find out what they can do for you. Contact them today. Let them know Cinema Crespediso sent you. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Tiso. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 417 of Cinema Crespo Tiso. I am a robot. This it's is the sli- future. I am a robot. A slightly Hispanic robot. I'm a slightly Hispanic <laughs> robot. It is me, slightly Hispanic robot, Chris Crespo. No, I do not speak English. This is just... I grew up with a multicultural family, but we only spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently a thing in Miami where people speak... Even white people speak with a Spanish accent just because everyone speaks, speaks with the Spanish a, accent. It's so ubiquitous with so many Cubans. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so you speak... But do you speak Spanish? No. No, no, no. Wait, I, wait a minute, what? I grew, I grew up in Hialeah. <laughs> My name is uh, Harry... <laughs> Okay. Harry Anderson. Got you. And I love arroz con pollo. You can, you can read a Spanish long. menu. <laughs> <laughs> as far as it goes. That's as, that's as far as it goes, guys. We are doing a whole new episode of Cinema Crespedi. So I have a new board because uh, our equipment started crapping out in a way that was... Uh, oh, man, what's that? It was that? Well, I mean, it's the original board, dude. It's a full... Board is I mean, seven as, years old. As man. boards go, I'm sure that thing is ancient. Yes, I have a way with making equipment last longer than it should, or maybe not last longer, but using longer than I should be using. Yes, it's called being poor. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I thought it was just misappropriating monies. No, it's called being poor. I mean, I updated the lights in here first. <laughs> <laughs> 
We got, we got. I got the lighting set before. I, it was like, oh, we had the sound. Oh yeah, the thing that matters in the podcast. Don't even. We don't even have a video component on the show yet. Lights. Will we? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah, we got some cool lights and shit going on here. But hey, guys, we are doing the thing that hopefully sounds good to your ears, uh, at least in terms of like. Um, Wavelengths, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, what the actual words? That's uh, yeah, that's garbage. That's more just the stream of mouth, as you can tell. Uh, just running from the back of the brain to the front of the brain, through my face and out of my mouth, into the microphone, into your ears. And by the time it gets there, I'm like, no, but it's too late. The words again, far too late. It's pretty vivid. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that? Was that Sertera purple punch? Uh, okay. So, it's a new episode for a new year, which means, real quick and Drew, uh, I need to tell people about the Crespo Hundo 2021. Okay. Uh, it happens every year. Now, it seems, apparently now it's a thing. It's a thing. It's officially a thing. It's officially a thing. I could probably even walk away from it and just let it and see how long it, it might take a year or two for it to die off on its own, I mean, yeah, unattended. Prob- probably. Uh, if I'm even barely attending it, I'm barely doing anything with it. But still, Crestwell Hundo, you, uh, I've been doing this now. This is my fourth. This will be my fourth year doing it. Which means over the last three years, Drew, I've watched 300 new movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like new, like for sure, I know for sure, definitely 300 yeah. movies, new movies to me, and not new like they just came out for that year. That would have been impossible for 2020. Would have been watching a lot of. Bad, bad oh, yeah. direct distributed oh, stuff yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. It's all about just uh, expanding your horizons and trying to watch things you normally wouldn't watch or uh, resisting the urge to rewatch Zodiac for the 50th time. Oh, it's so good. It's so, <laughs> it's so, so good. good. Brian Cox is like, Sam, <laughs> are you hearing the voices now? <laughs> and then and then afterwards, I'll watch Mad Max Fury Road for the 12 billion oh, time. Man, I, I almost threw that on. I almost pulled out the Blu-ray of that. I had a weird hankering to watch The Guest yesterday. I was like, man, I haven't seen that in a minute. I, should, I have the Blu-ray. I should watch that. So uh, to combat those urges, I have the Crespo Hundo, where I try to watch 100 movies in the course of a calendar year and uh i put out the well you know invitation hey if you want to join me join me we'll use a similar hashtag to keep track and people enjoy doing it it is now uh i think 2019 2020 yeah this will be the fourth year doing it and uh, here we go again and people want to know what the rules are quote the rules but then they ask stupid questions like i just watched the whole series is that a movie it's like oh go fuck yourself <laughs> so i'm uh not a benevolent <laughs> ruler, I guess you can say. Use your brains, guys. No series. No docu-series. No TV series. No nothing like that. Um, movies. Looking for movies. You want them to be 90 minutes. Sometimes they're like, movies are 80 minutes. Don't get hung up on runtime like that. Documentaries as short as 60 minutes because uh, that's that's really for me because I, I do film festivals yeah. and a lot of fil- documentaries run between 60 and 90. Yeah. I ain't gonna like just dismiss all that shit. <laughs> Come on, that's a lot of time and effort. Uh, oh, I want this year's Film Fest. I wonder if it's going to be a virtual component. Hmm. They, I wonder if they're going to keep that virtual component of the Florida Film I mean, Fest. Probably. Probably, right? Once he, uh, yeah. once he uh, started, why abandon it? Mm. Uh, did make watching some stuff a lot easier, that's for sure. Without leaving. Although I missed the whole Film Festival aesthetic, obviously, but that's another discussion for another time. So, uh, hashtag CrespoHundo2021. If you're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, I use that to find people who are participating. Or you could join our Facebook group, 
and uh, post it there that your movies that you watch and uh, people comment on it and like it. And it's a lot of fun or don't, you know what I've noticed happens. I forgot that it happens, but now I'm going to remember people don't participate via social meds, mm-hmm. but they keep track mm-hmm. like on their phone. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, this happened on the last couple of days. Here's a hundred movies. Yeah. Here's my list. I like, uh, uh, man, between Twitter and Facebook, maybe close to at least a dozen people over the course of a day or two, just like, here's our hundred movies that we watch. And it's like, holy shit. That's a lot of, that's you a know? lot of, that's a lot of damn movies. Mm-hmm. So, and those are people who choose to, you know, participate that way. I'm sure there are others who don't. They just do it themselves and they're like, yeah, I did it. And then they move on with their life. And that's a cool too, baby. So there you go. Chris Bohundo, 2021 is underway, Drew. Cool. And I started mine already. All right. With two movies. Good job. So you ready for this? Sure. Uh, I heard about this movie that I looked up on Amazon Prime. And it's not available for streaming. You have to rent it. So I didn't watch it yet. I think I'm going to rent it this week. It's called The Park is Mine. Okay. It's from 1986. Okay. Um, Tommy Lee Jones plays John Rambo taking over Central Park in New York City. What? Yes. Okay. Not, <laughs> not John Rambo, but... But, no, yeah. He is a Vietnam vet no. who decides to take over central park for like whatever reason so yeah T- tommy Lee jones is rambo in the park is mine <laughs> is the name of it okay uh canadian production apparently <laughs> okay yeah okay so uh i want to see that it sounds super intriguing also it has a vangelis soundtrack Ooh, yeah gotta love that vangelis so i'm like i'm watching this movie but it wasn't available yeah. to stream just yeah. yet but then when i pulled that up another movie popped up right next to it mm-hmm. that was on prime that I did click on and made it my first movie of the year. And it's not that great, but... <laughs> you watched it, and it was new to you. <laughs> and I think it's going to be new to you, Drew. You may even want to check this out for reasons. Okay. Uh, the reason it came up, because it's also from 1986, okay. and it also stars Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. All right, I'm in the mood for, like, old... Show, show me some, like, younger Lee Jones. Even though here, he's 40 years old in 86, mm-hmm. and he looks like shit. No. And it's because he's, at this time, uh, really struggling with his alcoholism, mm. apparently. Which made him a nightmare to work with, according to his co-star to this movie, Black Moon Rising. Did I say the name of the movie? No. Black Moon Rising. Okay. It makes no sense. I think that's the name of a car. Uh, Linda Hamilton is his co-star, and she said working with him was a nightmare on this because he was uh, just the alcoholism. Yeah. So he's a thief who steals. Uh, he's working for the FBI to like save his own skin, and he steals some important information that's going to put some guy in prison. But uh, to hide it from um, that guy's goons, who since it's the eighties, they're all like in suits, but they're using Uzis. Uh, he stashes it in the back of a supercar. Mm-hmm. Long story. <coughs> um, then he has to track the supercar to San Francisco to retrieve the data. Um, but then the car ends up getting stolen by Linda Hamilton's character, who works for a whole like outfit, a whole ring of uh, car thieves. Okay. And they like they find places with a lot of cars and they steal a lot of cars in just a couple of minutes and the supercar got stolen. So now he has to break into this like high tech skyscraper. Uh, that has like all the bells and whistles in terms of security to get to the supercar so we can steal this data to give it to the FBI and the FBI, the one guy, it's um, Bubba Smith, the uh, football players in the Police Academy movies, the, oh, yeah. the, the huge black guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he pops up like in three scenes just in a suit with glasses and he's like, he acts real like, intimidating. I'm the, the FBI. Yeah. And Tommy Joe's like, all right, man, all right, <laughs> I got you. 
Don't, don't, don't hit me. Uh, written by John Carpenter. Okay. Right? Uh, he wrote it right on the same time he wrote Escape from New York, and it does have a... a that, that feel? Yes, of sort of near future, um, sort of making a commentary on corporate America and Reaganism and stuff like that, but also just sort of there for like cheap uh, genre thrills mm-hmm. and whatever. And uh, it's fine. It's a fine movie with some cool set pieces and some interesting stuff. And the supercar looks kind of cool. And the way they shoot it driving fast actually looks like it's going fast. That's kind of hard to do. It works. So that was uh, Black Moon Rising. That was my first movie from 1986. I'm going to watch that Park is Mine movie. Cool. That sounds fucking like wild shit. Um, Next movie I watched, documentary. It's on Shudder. And it's called Leap of Faith. William Freakin on The Exorcist. Okay. And it's just... The story of The Exorcist. Yes. And, and it's Freakin in, yeah. in a suite. Yeah. Uh, just being interviewed by some guy, someone named Alexander, because every now I was like, Alexander. He talks to... He actually talks right into the person. And it's just him telling stories uh, about making the movie. And it's... Uh, if you like The Exorcist, then it's obviously worth worth watching, because the guy, the guy likes to talk. Yeah. He likes to talk. And he tells a lot. And he's also... He's so weird. He's not humble mm-hmm. at all, but he's also very much like there were forces on this movie that were beyond our control. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's fully like yeah. just things came to be. I don't even know why I made some of the decisions I made, but I, but made I did. Them. Yes. And we got a movie. And I think he believes that to be his best movie. Mm-hmm. I think he does. Okay. And uh, it's it's really good because, mm-hmm. again, it's really just. First off, you have to have like seen The Exorcist and be acquainted with the material to actually be interested in yeah. what he's saying about mm-hmm. it. But then uh, once you do, it's interesting hearing him talk about working with Max von Sydow, Mox, as he keeps saying, Mox, mm-hmm. Mox, and um, the uh, yeah, just his stories of making it. And then the director who made the documentary did a good job of like not only using footage from The Exorcist but from other. Movies, other freaking movies, other movies at a time. Whenever he was making points, specific points about films, he would find a good example to play them. So uh, it was good. I really liked it. Cool. And it's called Leap of Faith. Uh, be careful looking it up, people. You don't want to confuse it with Leap of Faith, starring Steve Martin and Liam Neeson. Uh, Steve Martin as the um, the the fake, the shuckster, uh, big tent revivalist preacher mm-hmm. who lays hands on people. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. And then he shows up to a small town to do his big tent revival thing to fleece him with money. Liam Neeson is the small town sheriff. It's like, I don't believe this guy. Yeah. It's, Get him, Neeson's. It's a movie. <laughs> it's not a very good one, I but mean, it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> it's definitely a movie that I watched a bunch of when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so those are two new movies I watched so far. I, I rewatched Tenet for the third time. And? I get it now. Good. I get it. First time I watched it, I was like, I don't know. Second time I watched it, it's like, I think I got it. Third time I watched it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Understand it. Ask me anything. I'll help you out. I'll guide you through this thing. It makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, man, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's really... It's probably your number two movie of the year. Spoiler alert. Patreon.com slash Chris Piso for our best of 2020 <laughs> and worst of. And it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Really hard for yeah. a shit year. Really hard to put those two lists together. Yeah, man. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Um, and it's the first Nolan movie that I've bothered purchasing since all the Batman stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I like Interstellar and Dunkirk. I like all those movies, but I didn't bother buying any of them. But Tenet, I, I was like, I want to see this again for sure. And also super glad to see it, have seen it in a theater. Because yeah. if, if I had seen it for the first time, I, 
at home, I'd just be like, man, why? <laughs> God damn it. Why did, I, why did I not see this in a theater? God, I'd be so mad all the time. Uh, so you know, my third viewing of it is fucking, was, was, was great. Cool. Um, well, extra time, thanks to the holiday, New Year holiday. I spent a good chunk of it doing what many Americans do, which is nonsensically watch a dumbass Netflix show yeah. from, from beginning to end. Uh-huh, so which one did you watch? Best Leftovers Ever. Okay. <laughs> it's a cooking show. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. okay. Eight episodes, I think, about 30, 35 minutes each. And it's very simple. Three contestants, two, the same format we all know. Uh, the first round... They're given the same set of leftovers, and they're all themed out somehow. The same set of leftover ingredients with a, a pantry to help supplement, and they have to make some sort of dish out of it. Uh, the, so it's a little chopped, right, mm-hmm. sort of, with the the deviancy from the other shows being that you don't have to use every single ingredient. Okay. There was even one time where one person, they had like four different dishes. They used one thing from one dish. Yeah. Then everything else was like fresh shit out of the pantry. And then they gave her shit for it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is a leftover show. You, you need to use more leftovers. And then another person was like, I'm the leftover queen. This is what I do. So she made a point to use all the leftovers. And then they're like, you could have probably left. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to use all this stuff. Um, It's a, Fine. It's like a fine, fun show. Easy to put on. Um, all the the judges are fine. It's like they're trying to do the nailed it sort of um, pattern. We have like the the sort of comedian host, mm-hmm. uh, the the, the, the non American expert. Mm-hmm. This one's some lady called Rosemary Schrager, who's a very British lady. It's very fun. She's like you need more seasoning and more texture. Okay. She's a lot of fun. And then uh, a food blogger dude. Uh, and they make the trailer. Their, their, their chemistry is fine. You know what's interesting about this one that they don't do on other shows? They, so they have the three judges that have to taste everything, but the, the contestants only make enough food for one dish. Oh, okay, as opposed to three. Yes. Yeah. For all of them to have their own tasting, yeah. they're just like, here's your one dish, and then they have to attack it all with a spoon. And, interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh. And then sometimes when the when the food is good and they're going back for seconds and thirds... There's, no, there's none left. There is none. There's definitely sometimes there is none <laughs> left. And uh, there was one moment where... The two, the main host and Rosemary, they definitely ate ate one of their components on the dish before the third guy even got a chance to. He's like, it must have been good. Doesn't even get to eat it. (laughs) Uh, Cool. There's some interesting uh, things. "Ah, It's fine. It's a fine show. $10,000 is what they give away at the end of each episode. It's fine. And uh, that's it. I'm also doing some reading, but I'll save that for next week. I'll All finish right. that book by next week. So there you go. That's my media diet, Drew. My New Year's media diet. How about you? Besides, uh, for more cyberpunk. Uh, well, I finished my first playthrough of cyberpunk. Okay, well, let's talk about finishing cyberpunk, baby. 117 hours. Wow. <laughs> wow, 100. I'm writing that down. 117 <laughs> hours. Of Cyberpunk 2077. Of that 117 hours, how many times did the game crash on you? Uh, maybe a dozen. Wow, a dozen times? That's a lot of crashes, man. That would put me over a little bit, I gotta say. I mean, uh, depending on what was going on, usually, on average, probably like once a day, something would happen. Damn, it's annoying. Yeah. On once a day. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> About. That's yeah, like on average. But still. I would, I would go it, ahead, it, it without even playing it, I'll go ahead and put that as number one detriment of the game. Number one con. It crashes. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, what's worse than that it crashes on you? Uh, I, I mean, well, here's the thing. At least it's the type of game that has an autosave feature. So yeah. when it does crash, mm-hmm. it's not like you lost 
days or weeks or hours of progress. Like, you maybe lost okay. a minute okay. or five. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's so, auto-saving is nice. So that... That is pretty cool. Has been nice. How come more games don't auto-save? Well, because it can be annoying depending on what's going on and depending on what for type it, of game and exactly what you're doing. For it to stop and buffer and yeah. save the data and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that could be a pain. So. Um, rewarding journey. 170 I mean, yeah, hours was, of journey. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it hits all of the sci-fi tropes. You know, that have to do with AI and free will yeah, sure. and this, that, the other. I mean, heavily inspired both by Keanu Reeves and just about every single fucking goddamn movie he's been in. So I have info in my head. Also, I know Kung Fu. Exactly. But yeah. also, we're going to travel through time uh-huh. to meet the great philosopher of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, uh-huh. Wait a second. Am I just playing? Uh-huh. The, but the, but the, I'm also. The, am I just in the Kanuverse? I'm, I'm also a. I'm also a samurai. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there are 46 other Ronin, but I killed them all. So. Damn, dude. Whoa, bro. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it, does, it does sound like a really, really fun game. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, one thing I didn't notice, it took me a very long time, uh, in the bathroom in your apartment, right next to the toilet. Yeah. Guess what's there, Chris? A plunger, a squatty potty, a bidet, a gun. Three seashells. Oh, that's so <laughs> it, it is reference crazy, this yeah, game, right? Yeah, it's reference it, if you, if you know the ref, if you're looking for if you references, know, if you know what, to, if you know what to look for, then they're all over the place. Yes. Can you use them at all? Can you touch? No, them? No, 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 they're no, just there. They're just, just sitting three, there. The yeah. and, and it's not like there's any explanation, yeah, sure. or it's not like anybody talks about it or anything. It's, it's just there. It's just there. <laughs> one of them Easter eggs. I uh-huh. keep talking about there. One of them there Easter eggs. Them three seashells. You take two shells. You pull your cheeks apart. Use the third shell and you scrape <laughs> that your cheeks. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Then you gotta clean the shells. Who cleans the shells? Yes. Maybe throw the shells away. Give me a handful of paper, <laughs> you savages. <laughs> I got aloe in there. They got prints. There's like little bears on them. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is my toilet paper. How dare you? Um. I want to talk more about Cyberpunk. The uh, the score is it all like so? It's a mixture of so like it, well, the original stuff. So, it, so there's the original stuff, which is very. Like cyberpunky, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wavy. just th- well darker though. So think perturbator and things of that nature. Okay, Ca- Carpenter Brute. Yeah, more crunchier. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, more hardcore. Okay, um, more European. Between that and then the radio stations is everything else. So my question so. was then to hear all the other stuff. The because uh, not only is there like the Runja Jewels, but there's also like older stuff in there. Yeah, like, I mean, like there's, a, there's, a, there's it's like GTA. Yeah, there's a jazz station. Yes, we right. can listen to jazz all fucking day. But is it only via the car? Yes. So, well, and every once in a while, depending on the areas, like you'll hear it out in the world. Yeah. Like when you're coming next to cars, because people will be playing their radio, or okay. there are like radios out in the world that are playing music as well. Okay. okay. So okay. you run across it a lot. Interesting. And there's a lot of metal too. So you'd be like, <gasps> yeah, like there's con- there's a fucking original Converge song on there and all sorts of shit. So yeah, dude. No, yeah, like like super into metal. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> original conversion. I didn't even know they're still doing music. Yeah, apparently. Man, I, I've been checked out for a minute. Uh, that's fun. So I gotta play it. I want to yeah. play it. And, and you're doing it on the Xbox yeah. One. Do it on the newer console. Get it. Just, just get, do, just get a new console. Don't, don't, don't bother, fuck around. Don't fuck around. Just do it on the new console. All right, soon enough. We'll I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to getting the new console one day and then replaying it. 
on the new console. So is that what you're going to do now? Are you going to wait for a new console to do a replay? Yeah, no, or are you going to replay it right now? I, I already started the second you, game, the second campaign. And what are you doing differently? Well, I'm doing... So uh, since I, I played the game, and I I did just about every single mission there was to do. Okay. Um, So now that I know the recourse of submissions and how it all works, I'm do It's much more of a calculated playthrough as opposed to last time I was just playing the game yeah. checking it all out yeah. finding this finding that maybe whatever this that the other this time I'm looking on stuff online and finding things mm-hmm. and specifically and also making decisions that I made differently in my first playthrough to see if there's a difference in the game sure yeah yeah the choose your own adventure style yeah because it, it takes a different branch yeah because there are different choices you can make during different missions there are three separate life paths which in turn kind of differentiate how you talk to people and interact with other characters in the world. Mm. So, and then there's two gender choices. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of different shit. Did you switch over gender? Mm-hmm. Nah. Playing a, la- a lady corpo this time. Lady corpo? Mm-hmm. What's a corpo? Uh, the ones who work for the corporations. Ooh. So you, you've got the corpos, those the the, the rich assholes mm-hmm. who work for the corporations. Yeah. You've got the street kids who are, you know, just regular rough and tumble street people sure and then there's the nomads who are like the uh like uh, the traveling gypsies who live just outside the city Ooh. so those are your three separate life paths that you can start off with they live out there in the cursed earth mm-hmm. yeah uh, cool so all right, all right. it was a lot of fun so fun good times thumbs up I highly enjoy redoing it the yeah. experience oh uh, They've already announced uh, free DLC coming out soon. Oh, wow. And free I, DLC. Well, th- they did that with The Witcher as well. Okay. So there's, you know, it's mostly cosmetic stuff, maybe a mission here or there. Mm. And then obviously, as time goes on, there will be major and minor expansions. So, sure. I mean, this, I'm probably going to be hanging on this game for like the next three or four years at least. Oh, that sounds fun. While they, you know, continue to update and improve and mm. this, that, the other. So, so that might go at some point in 2021 is to to be set up and have time to yeah. to get into this game and to go back into that death strain. Those are two worlds yeah. that I want to get lost in mm-hmm. in 2021 at some point. Yeah, very cool. All so right. did that. Uh, I watched Soul this week. Hey, yeah, what you think? It was good. Uh, but yeah. I, I, like you said, I I totally agree with you, Chris. I do not believe that this movie was made for children because they would not understand you know it whatsoever. A damn thing about this movie. The man. entire thing would go over their head. They they might enjoy the. The soul stuff, the little new soul guys, yeah. yeah. But that's that. It's really the only thing they would they would even it's like fathom. The only, it's the only cutesy thing in it, and no. some of the cat stuff. There's a cat in the movie. We won't no. say exactly what's going on, but there's a cat in the movie that they might like, right? Yeah. But yeah. other than that, like it would be just completely over their heads. Yeah, even then, the cat is like, "Oh, I see. I should have been yeah. connecting with other human beings through conversation <laughs> and, and the sharing of <coughs> the mutual interests, as opposed to my selfishness." It's like kids don't understand selfishness. They are selfish incarnate by, by nature. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little. Bastards. But yeah, it was fantastic. I'm glad you liked it. It made my top ten. I'm glad you I'm glad you like I know I'm pretending that I don't know <laughs> for the sake of the show. Uh it's cool that you yeah, it's definitely one of the better movies. Obviously one of the better movies of twenty twenty. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely I think one of the better Pixar movies that have been made in a as while. Of late. Yeah. So in a how wild for sure. Yeah. Uh again, Pete Doctor, um Up, Wally. Yeah. Inside Out, yeah. you know, especially with Inside Out, like oh, oh, this guy. And is, up, yeah, he's really interested in making movies that don't really, they don't necessarily exist. existential crises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they, the movies are told in, in, they exist on planes that are not this one. Yeah, they're not baseline reality. 
which is uh, awesome. Yeah, man, it's animated. Do it. Why? Why is everything up? like? All right, let me draw people in trees. Like, oh god. All right, fine. That's a nice looking tree. <laughs> Good job with the tree, guys. Look at you, Lorax. Actually, that's a bad example. What else he got? Also, Star Wars, colon, gallery, colon, Mandalorian, season two, making of. I almost put that on. I it was got, good. I got to watch that shit. It's like an hour long for it, the whole season, yep, right? It's an hour long for the whole season. Uh, by far, the standout portion is like the 15 minutes they spend with Robert Rodriguez. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably because he, <clears throat> he probably took the easiest to the whole like. Uh, using technology to tell your story. And I mean, yes, the and screens and everything. I mean, yes, and, he he that yes, but also like his connection to Star Wars and why he wanted to do the episode he did, mm-hmm. and also why that episode was so fucking good. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> he goes into the whole thing. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Have you seen the video, Mister? Not on the internet very much. Have you seen a video of Robert Rodriguez playing guitar and Baby Yoda are rocking out? Oh, I haven't seen a Baby Yoda rocking out next to it, but there's a lot of him playing guitar on set because that's what he does. That's what he does. Like it, that, annoying yeah. people. At least he doesn't play Wonderwall. Yeah. I like, uh, <laughs> now here's a little bit of a little song that I wrote. Uh, yeah, it's like he's just playing his guitar real fast for like 10 seconds, and yeah. then Yoda's just like, <laughs> like looking around. looking Pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. It's very cute. They're ha- they had a good time. They had I a mean, good time with that set. <laughs> one thing I did see, uh, I'm not sure how old it is, but I saw the video of Fat Thor playing Hurt. Have you seen that? <laughs> I have not seen that. No. <laughs> Fat Thor playing, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's in full costume. Like it must have been during the making. So he's on the set, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he just grabbed. He just starts playing Hurt as Fat Thor. And he's in character. So he's really playing guitar. Chris Hemsworth. He yeah, plays a guitar. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, yeah. That's if fun. He does. That's fun. So I like when these people have like an extra little, extra little gear they can throw in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, a lot of fun. I, I highly recommend watching that too. All right, I'll definitely look up Mando making love for sure this week. Oh, uh, on Netflix. Watched a uh, stand-up special, Rice Nicholson, colon, live at the Athenium. Rice, just R-I-C-E? R-H-Y-S. I knew it. <laughs> R-H-Y-S? Yes. Oh, isn't that, is that Rice, Reese? Does he say his name? No. I wonder if it's Reese. He's, Rise. A, he's a gay Australian. He's a he's a Australian. Mm-hmm. He's a gash Australian. Yep, and, and it was fucking hilarious. Never heard of him before. Just decided to watch it. Right, very uh, much enjoyed it. Oh, you talking about Rice Nicholson? I thought you said <laughs> I thought you said Rice Nicholson. We were talking about Rice <laughs> Nicholson. Oh, I know Rice Nicholson. He's fantastic. Rice Nicholson. He's fantastic. Right there. Yeah, it's funny. Um, what kind of humor do you say? Is it observational? Is it absurd? Is is it lifestyle? A little bit of a little bit of everything. Mixes it all up in there yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Is it just the accent you find funny? You're just enjoying him? Talking about, oh, you might. No, no. A little no. bit of an accent. No, it was everything. Here I am, no. coming from New Jersey. I mean, very much uh, making fun of himself, very de- self-deprecating humor. Okay. So, okay. it's good stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy how I can now search Auntie Donna in a gif bar and I get all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and none of it ever works for the, the thing that I want to reply to. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll just pick this one. <laughs> I'll pick the one where he's eating cheese. I don't know. <laughs> that, that might end the conversation. Uh, uh, okay. Reese Nicholson on Netflix. Also on Netflix. I watched the Netflix special colon death to 2020. Okay. Now is this a, it's not a sh- limited series, right? Nope. Is it just one thing? It's, it's done by the 
What's guys his name? who make Black Mirror, uh, whatever that guy is. What's his name? I, had, so I just had it in my brain. So it's his lighter side as opposed to his super dark side. Okay. okay. Um, Which and, he shows a little bit in Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's definitely like a mockumentary where, yes. okay. where all of the people you see, because it says, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, this, that, that, they're not playing themselves. They're, play, they're playing characters. Okay. And they are reading a script. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a mockumentary re- recapping the year and how shit of a year it was. Yeah, and it was, it was fucking hilarious. I've heard good things from it. Like, everyone I've mm-hmm. talked to who has seen it or have mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. No, it is. Definitely yeah, yeah. enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds you of just how shitty of a year 2020 was. It's, it's a, is it an hour, 90 minutes? Oh, it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's like 48 minutes, something like that. Ooh. Between 40, yeah. Get in and get out. Yeah, it's like just under, or, or it's either just under or just over an hour. Um, I'm into that. I, I like that they don't feel the need to be like, oh, yeah, we need to push this as, uh, to make a full on. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's Netflix. It's one thing. You yeah. can be 45 minutes and be done with it. Exactly. You can make a 20-minute thing and be done with it. Yeah. Why does it have to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about having a streaming service like that. You don't have to adhere to these. Time uh, limits. Yes, these time limits, these old style yeah. of doing things. Um, so a thumbs up. You're giving everything so far a thumbs up for you. You're having a good media week, buddy. Uh, on HBO Max. They just released a uh, bunch of DC animated stuff on there. Oh, so I added a bunch of shit to my list. Oh, shit. And watched Batman, colon, Gotham by Gaslight. Yes, I did notice that, actually. I went through to just added, and there was like three or four new Batman things, plus the Batman animated series, yeah. which is going to help out our patron, mm-hmm. Patreon pretty soon mm-hmm. this year. Um, what was it, Batman? Colon. Batman gets gaslit? Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, okay. So it's an Elseworlds terror. Uh, Batman, Victorian England, except it's Victorian Gotham, and instead, of- so, who's, so who's the Ripper? Exactly, is a Joker the Ripper? No. Does he think he's a Ripper? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, he is versus the Ripper, and it leads you down a couple paths of who the Ripper could be. Yeah. And then at the end, it's I don't want to give it away. No, I don't give it away. Some people, some people may want to check it out, but is it worth checking out? Uh, not really. <laughs> well, then give it away then. Uh, the, the Ripper's Jim Gordon. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That makes no. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, Jim. Jim. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Does Batman speak with a British accent? No. Oh, that's amazing. Because, 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 it's, that, Vic- because it's, it's still Gotham. It's Victorian Gotham. It's Victoria Gotham, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Because it should still be in, in Shh, England. Elsewhere. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Elsewhere. Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> be, quiet. be quiet. Be quiet. Yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, so... No okay. point. Okay. Oh. All right. The first thing. That's why. That's why you brought that up. I was like, Drew, you had a good week. And you're like, what? Well, not quite. Hold on a second. And last but certainly not least, mm-hmm. watched the uh, last three episodes, episodes five, six, and seven of this season of His Dark Materials. Episode seven was the season finale. Oddly enough. Episode seven was a season finale. Last season it was eight episodes. This season was only seven. Okay, and I think I mentioned this maybe last week that they've greenlit season three, the final season. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so at least it's not leaving us on one of these fucking giant cliffhangers where it's yeah. like, look at all this shit that happened, and now you'll never finish it. And, or, <laughs> yeah, or conversely, like, oh, we're going to turn the last book into five seasons, yeah. and we're going to veer down these paths and do all this shit. So that's that's good. I need, I need to watch that season two. Uh, oh, you know what I did? I didn't put it in my media diet, but I am jumping. I jumped back into where I left off on The Expanse. Okay. It was a little jarring. I actually rewatched an episode, but I got like 45 minutes into it before like, I think I've watched this episode already. <laughs> uh, so I watched a few episodes to get back in on season three because six just debuted. Yeah. Right? 
or, uh, or five. I don't know which one it I is. I think it's six. So I have to watch season four, season five, and then season six. And then we're going to do one episode about it on the Patreon. Uh, that should give us something to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's all the belters and the... Well, no, I mean, I I really... I thought the of all the seasons... The first one's definitely the best. First one's so good. It's so fucking bonkers. It, it started out with like some real and some decisions. Like these are yeah. weird decisions. Yeah. Man. Thomas Jane's haircut was a weird decision. Dude, the entire Thomas Jane character, it, like the first two episodes, I was like, man, I don't fucking like Thomas Jane. And by the end of the end of the season, I was like, I fucking guy. love his character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into this weirdo, this yeah. weird, this weirdo belter, uh, uh, like PI sort of guy with. Yeah. A, is that, is he doing a South African accent? I don't know. <laughs> it's like stay away from the aqua. I'm like what the? What yeah. is? What uh-huh. is this? It was a, it's a fun show. So um, yeah, I, I, yeah, Amos I, is like. You're not that guy. And he stops the yeah. dude from killing someone. Then he turns on. He's like, I am that guy. So, <laughs> like, oh, man. That's <laughs> so corny. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. But yeah, I need to start season six. You, yeah, you need to start season six. I need, I need to get all caught up. And then we're going to do a Patreon episode on it. Um, did you thing, watch any other DC stuff? Any other animated things? Or was that the only no, one you watched? No, that was the only one. Okay. I added a bunch of stuff to my list. But you added a bunch to okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh Waiting for them to have that Batman versus TMNT, man. You got to see that one. That's Yeah, uh, seriously. That, I mean, one of these one. days they will. I'm sure. It's pretty newish. Yeah. It just came out in 2019. Well, so. I mean, they just... Re- uh, I think two of the DC animated stuff they put out were from 2020. Ooh, so. all right. Then. Well, let's see. Let's see what's going on with that stuff. All right, so that's it for the media diet. Mm-hmm. Well, then we are going to take a break. We're going to come back with a second half in which we have a couple of emails. We're going to check the Facebook group for comments. And then I have some news stories. Not that many news stories because, you know, right at the end of the year, Hollywood shuts down. So, no. uh, but we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be fine. So let's take that break and we'll be right back with the second half of the thing where we continue doing the show and it's the second half so we do the plugs where i plug cinema crespariso at gmail.com there's cinema crespariso on instagram there's the facebook group there's twitter which is just crespariso um and patreon.com slash crespariso where we're kicking off michael manuary this week what does that mean we'll sign up to find out we're having a lot of fun over there and just wait till February. Woo, boy, we got plans for that. That's going to be some good stuff. Uh, but like I said, you can email us. CinemaCraftsPodiso at gmail.com and we shall read it on the show just like this. Just a cogman, please, if you will. You got an email from Ron. Ron with the latest missives from Los Angeles. 
to correct Christabel Crespo. Oh, shit. Correction to me. The sole controversy was that black people POC in animated films like Princess and the Frog and Emperor Groove and the like has a track record. They turn the main character to a different form. Mm -hmm. They don't let them be black. And the initial trailer had a black man die and be a blue little blob. Black Twitter was in an uproar, but the barbershop scene that was released early quelled the corner of the Twitterverse. I did not realize, Ron is correct in that, I did not realize that that was a particular controversy. Well, speaking of a different one, uh, in which uh, a black man's voice was uh, taken away and replaced with a white woman for a little while. Uh, but it's along the similar lines, a transformation of black bodies, black people to something that they are not for storytelling purposes. Then why is that? So that they can then get some sort of lesson of humanity so they can then are allowed to be human again of some sort. What's going on there with that sort of are there similar Instance. Now, there ha there must be similar instances of stories where white protagonists are transformed into other beings. Yeah, I'm sure. Hmm. It's tricky territory when you get into stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, interesting that Ron also points out that that controversy was quelled when they put out the barbershop scene, uh, which is just showing African-American life uh, in, in all its uh, glory without... Um, stereotyping or caricatures or anything like that. Uh, yeah, man, that's a good movie. I am watching Mr. Mercedes. Watch Drew, get on it. Oh, Mr. Mercedes. <clears throat> Drew, it's not this previously on Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're I just a king. Want to do that. You're a King fan, right? Eh, I'm not really. I think I'm more of a Stephen King fan than, than you are. I have not read a single Stephen King book. Well, then so. I'm definitely more of a Stephen King fan. I've read a bunch of his books. Uh, this would be worth a deep dive along with the new release of the Cobra Kai. I'm doing that next, but I'm also doing the Shy. That was some good, strong start and kind of messy third season, but I'm enjoying it. Out here in Pandemic Central, I desperately miss movies, yeah. but then I see pics of Florida and how scary y'all don't give a fuck about other people's health. Yeah, man. Well, well, it's not that we don't. It's that our government doesn't. I, no, I don't give a fuck about other people's health. Yo, if I want to go to Applebee's and get my... Wait, which one does the two-for-one? I'm pretty sure that's how busy. If I want to go to Applebee's and get myself a two-for-one in Tiny Coors Lights... I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my service life at risk. I'm going to put your life at risk because this is America. Not only is this America, this is Florida. Not only is this Florida, don't tread on me, but also support the police. Speaking of pictures, did Drew see the picture, picture of my New Year's Eve photo shoot? No. No, I did not. His, uh, is that the MD 2020 photo shoot? <laughs> it's funny, man. He, he got some grape. Mad Dog 2020 no. to sip in the new year. No. I, th why? I, th I, think, I think the goal was to like 2020 was terrible. And I'm going to spit it out of my mouth with this mad dog. Like, it's terrible. The, it represents with, a terrible. With the original purple drink? The purple drink. The, the original purple drink. So he did a whole he did a whole thing, all in the purple drink, dressed in like purple outfit, purple socks and everything, doing funny poses. Yeah, I haven't. I thought it was cute. I haven't drank mad dog since I was 16, Ron. I and think, I don't plan on it. I don't think I've ever actually had mad dog. Really? I don't think so. I, I've had the Steel Reserve. No, so, I've so, had Boone's Farm. Okay, so Bo mad dog is in the line of Boone's one. Farm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yes. thinking the cheap, high-octane stuff yeah. that we drink as a... Boone's use. Farm. Uh, there was some stuff called Cisco back in the day. Did not know Cisco. Uh, and, thong, uh, thong, thong, thong. And, and then St. Ives. That was... St. Ives. Th that was... I think I've had a St. Ives. Malt liquor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, now you're leading towards the Steel Reserve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, that real rot gut. And that four loco. <laughs> really glad I never got on that four loco. Heard some crazy stories about that shit. I think I, I think I tried some. Just like, all right, let me let me like, taste it. But I don't think I ever even drank like a whole serving of it. No, let alone a can because a can was not a serving. No, that was like can two was like servings, two or three. Right? Yeah, yeah, those sons of oh. bitches. I don't think they're legally allowed to do that anymore. One day I went. Billy to shoot up to me like this in this fair city. Oh yeah, Bill would uh, make you uh, make those pictures sing, but Bill's got a great eye for here, photography. Here are some things I would like to know. <laughs> Better pets, pigs or guinea pigs? Pigs. What do you think? I mean, sure. I think pigs. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end, you get delicious bacon. Yeah, you can eat a guinea pig. We get more out of a normal pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather have four arms or a tail? That can hold you and move at your whim. Prehensile tail. You want you, you want four arms? No, prehensile tail. That's what you want. Then I only have three arms. Well, no, exactly. I, I'd rather pre- have a prehensile tail as well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. need four arms. I need four. Or a Spider Man. I'd rather be a monkey man. Yeah. I'm more suited to be a monkey man than a Spider Man. Or what tail man? That'd be awesome to have a prehensile tail that does stuff. What brand of toilet paper do you prefer? Uh. Charmin, actually? No, Cottonelle. Cottonelle. I, I, I do Charmin unless it's been rough on my bottom. Then I go Angel Soft. Ah, Angel Soft. <laughs> Angel Soft. Uh, is it a hamper or a laundry basket? Oh, I have both. I have a hamper and a laundry basket. Good for you. I have a hamper. You have a hamper? Mm-hmm. How do you transport your clothes down to the laundry room? One of the two, either a hamper or a basket. You got to transfer the clothes from the hamper to the basket. The basket's for transportation. All hampers are baskets, but not all baskets are hampers. Thank you very much. This is why you listen <laughs> to Cinema Crespediso for these kind of facts. Pimple popping. Gross or relaxing? Gross. Me, I love it. Really? Like, like watching that, it? That's Ron. Oh, that's Ron. That's okay. Ron, not me. No, you got to clarify, Drew. <laughs> yeah, I was no, about not, to say, we're, not, we're reading, I was reading Ron. Known you for years. Yeah, no. I'm about to learn something. No. I'm really about no, to learn gross. something. Yeah, gross. Oh, I think that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I hate when I'm scrolling through my Instagram, like, suggested thing. And it's just like, I don't even know why I get so many. Because I like looking at videos of cars crashing. But Instagram just assumes that I just like videos of cars. It's like car stuff, car stuff, titties, car stuff, titties. And then it's like popping pimple. What the fuck? Why? I never even clicked on that once. Gabe got at us. It's like stepchildren porn on... Just like, why is it here? Someone someone likes it. Someone demands it? it. Someone's (laughs) I ain't demanding it. Oh, did you say Gabe? Gabe. What up, Gabe? What up, show? What up, Gabe? Getting a start on my hundo. Hundo. 99 of 100 from last year. Oh, okay. Soul. Yes. Man, Pixar just knows. So imaginative and unique, visually, yes. storytelling-wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just know how to make a movie for kids and adults. I don't... Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the D-plus, you have to watch it. So enjoyable and profound. Yo, get some of that D-plus to touch your soul. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, 100 out of 100, The Handmaiden. Ooh, that's a hell of a way to finish out with someone. Chanwook Park. I had this one queued up for a while, and now I'm dropping Netflix for HBO Max. Had to get, had to get it in. This movie is long, but it is yeah. a journey. It's long. Found it was based on a novel, so I guess it makes sense. Man, it takes its time, but the swerves are enjoyable. Goes to some raunchy places, goes to some sick places, mm-hmm. but this is Chan Wook. Put some respect on his name, mm-hmm. man. He knows how to direct. And make pornos. It's fantastic. Uh, wait till you get to that giant octopus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one out of a hundred for this year, Hamilton. 
Hey, Alexander Hamilton. Alex, see, I can do Hamilton. That's easy. I thought it was okay. Not that I'm a play connoisseur, but it was serviceable. Very long, and although the songs were enjoyable, some parts could have been cut out. Yeah, sure. I, it's long, man. I do this thing where I watch a movie, and then I do post-game research. Queued up some drunk history, an hour and a half podcast by some Irishmen slash Brits. Put on some what top ten. Wait. Put on some what top ten what Hamilton got wrong. Oh, okay. This play made me want to dive back into my middle slash high school U.S. history classes. I hope it inspired kids to get to get eye to that stuff because those stories have been erased by years of drinking. Mm. I remember the Stamp Act, the Sons of Liberty, but then I'm like, who's this Mulligan fella? Or Jefferson was in Paris this whole time? The fuck was he doing there? Many gaps that I tried to fill. Sure. If you love America and want to preserve the Republic, watch Hamilton. It's worth it. Uh, I do like how that does happen when something comes out like that and then people pop culturally get into it. Like, remember when um, Paul Giamatti did that John Adams show on HBO? Yeah. Then everyone for, yeah, for a hot minute, everyone was in the like John, John Adams. Adams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I know everything about because I watched it on HBO. Now I know everything about this guy and I uh-huh. care and shit. I have an opinion. <laughs> it's weird how that happens. And uh, yeah, I'm sure with Hamilton, I got a lot of people who be like, what is, how did the, what are the founding fathers? Like, what were those stories? What was happening back then? Bunch of crazy shit. Bunch of crazy shit. And remember, uh, those guys were the winners, and they wrote the history books. So yeah. take that. For, no, exactly. Yeah, for yeah, what, yeah. For what mm-hmm. it's worth, a grain of salt, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the American Revolution was heavily influenced by the French Revolution. Hell so, yeah, um, Robespierre, baby. He was like, off with their heads. And uh, a couple of them rolled, and he was like, you know what? That's enough. Is that how it went? I'm pretty sure they cut off his head too at the end. I mean, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, we saw we all saw Batman. <laughs> Something about living long enough. You got to die as a hero. Yeah, because so, if you live long enough, you see yourself as the villain. Live long enough to see yourself as a Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> just, just melts in front of reporters. Yeah. Going from dismantling the New York Mafia to whatever the fuck he's doing now. To dismantling <laughs> democracy. That's right. We talking politics with Paul and politics. That's Paul. I'm politics. Uh, this week on... Uh, no, we're not going to actually. Okay. We're nope. going to take, take a quick break from that. Let's uh, go in. We have the Facebook group, like I said, where I put up a comment slash uh, question thread. And you can use it if you want. And we'll read it if we choose. Yeah, Gabe got at us. What up, Gabe? Using both channels. Started a new hundo. Wait, you said that. These are my favorite watches of 2020. Surprisingly, lots of documentaries. I think documentaries and comedies are the easiest to fill up the hundo. So I'm going to do more. I want to try to do more horror, but I am very excited about HBO Max coming soon. And then he lists a bunch of movies that he enjoyed. If you want to read them all, you can go to the Facebook uh, Facebook group. group. Great great reason to go to the Facebook group to check out not only his list they put on that thread, but also... Uh, a lot of people just put up their full hundo list. You can see the movies that people are watching. A lot of new stuff, but obviously, I love seeing the classics. I love seeing when people are checking things off their box. Or, who was Maggie the First, one of our patrons? She put up on uh, Twitter. She does it on Twitter. Uh, her last three movies of her hundo, Drew Sakagman, uh, John Wick. John Wick. John Wick 2. John Wick 2. And John Wick 3. John Wick 3. That was, that was that's that's a, that is a great <laughs> fucking three punch for the end of the year. Yeah, that's a that's a whole way to uh, karate kick your way out of uh, 2020 with yeah. a bunch of knives and horses and machine guns. <laughs> Man on horse versus ninjas on motorcycles. Horse wins. Yeah, and that's, 
And that's in the first 20, <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie. And there's more movie after that. Halle Berry starts to show up with dogs. Are you kidding me? I mean, this movie is wild. Those movies, I love those movies. Oh, hey, guess what, Chris? John Wick, John Wick, John Wick. I just learned something via Facebook. Uh-oh. Democracy is under siege? Well, besides that. <laughs> Everything's okay. Are, 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 you, are, you, are you familiar with Magic the Gathering? Yes. The card game? Yes, I am. I never played it, but I know all about it. So, uh, Not all about it, but I know about uh, it. Apparently, the, the the land cards called Mana, they're fantasy artwork on it. Okay. Apparently, somehow Wizards of the Coast is going to be using Bob Ross's landscape paintings on some future magic cards. What? First off, <laughs> A, they're still making magic cards. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's still yeah. going strong. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. oh, good for them, and that's fun. Bob Ross magic cards? Yes. I'll buy those. <laughs> it's just like Bob Ross stuff. <laughs> like I have that much Bob Ross stuff. I have one Bob Ross magnet over here. You see the Bob Ross magnet? Don't you have... Oh, no, you don't have the Bob Ross Funko. There, there is a Bob no. Ross Funko. There is Bob Ross Funko, but I'm not a Funko guy, despite appearances of being numerous Funkos. <laughs> but, for, I mean, to be fair, the majority of them are not mine. <laughs> that is correct. Um, Yeah. Imagine if I was into Funkos. <laughs> then you'd be like, you'd be I'd be like, like Simon. Buddy Simon. I'd be like Simon. A room full of Funkos. They're like, I don't know where to put these. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to store them in other people's homes. Which we never got to. I was looking forward to having a little Simon Simon collection. And then I could find out other people. I'm like, yeah, this is the Funko Museum of things that I don't own. <laughs> They've been entrusted to me for some reason. Because <laughs> nobody else wants to deal with them anymore. Yeah, because no, those are pain in the ass plastic monstrosities that are we're, we're drowning in plastic yeah but this one shaped like a baby yoda i'll take two <laughs> <laughs> actually they made a vinyl chris oh fair can i play it on my record player i mean if you melted it down and pressed it properly then yeah and then you play it backwards and you find out messages from satan this whole time cool how did they do that how did, how did funko i didn't know funko was uh in league with the great lord satan himself i mean it would make sense it would. How else did they get so ubiquitous? They're all, every Funko is enchanted with an, a bewitching spell that uh, as, if it lines up with your pop cultural taste, if you lay eyes on those black eyes, <laughs> it's like, bewitching spell. I must, I must take this home. That's when I saw the Werner Herzog yeah. one at yeah. Walgreens yep. randomly. It was the only one there. I bet you, like in the seconds before I turned it down exist. that aisle, it wasn't there. Yeah. And then I turned down that aisle and I looked Zoom. and it appeared. Yeah. That's the only reason it was there. Yeah. I manifested it. It's Schrodinger's Funko. And then it was like bewitching, bewitching. I took it. I was like, I must have this thought in my hands. Yeah. And then I spent and I spent the money. So yeah. now it's there. And now and now it's looking over me. It's Schrodinger's Funko. It's Schrodinger's Funko? Schrodinger's. Schrodinger's Funko. Schrodinger's Funko. Schrodinger's Funko. If I didn't, if I don't turn down that aisle, is it there? Is it not there? It's not. You you won't know until you, until you turn down the aisle and you look, yeah. and then you find out ah, or oh, yes. and until you look, it is both there and not there. Both, right? <laughs> um, let's get into some stories here. This is a story I cut from last week, but it was funny, so I'm keeping. It. Speaking of funny things, Chris just dropped stuff. Uh huh. Let's put that over there and the other one over there. Yep. Uh-huh. Put that in the trash. Okay. To see garbage. Maybe I'll remember to cut this out. We'll no, you won't. You won't. <clears throat> you never do. This is from last week's show. I saved it. it so it's is, not from last week's show. So now it is this week's show. <laughs> it's worth bringing up. There's an actor named Simu Liu. L I U. He's okay. a, a Chinese Canadian actor. Okay. And he 
is the lead in Shang-Chi. Okay. Okay. Um, because that, because, I mean, he's already, was already a working actor, but by getting that Marvel movie, that obviously rose his profile behind the scenes. So because of that, he's going to be getting more work ahead of Shang-Chi even coming out. And he was recently cast in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. This is interesting because it turns out that Simu Liu in 2018 tweeted some thoughts about Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. Tweets that he had to delete. Because he now works with him. Because he now works for him and now they're best bros. But it's the internet and tweets never die. So, um, here we go. This is from 2018. Simu tweets, Let me get this straight. Mark Wahlberg beat a helpless Vietnamese man with a stick until he passed out when he was 16 and is attempting to get the court to grant him an official pardon on the basis that he's turned life around? Yes. So, he had a bunch of tweets about how, uh, just pointing it out. Yes, all those things are true. Yeah. And uh, he went back and he deleted them. And now people are like, bro, night, night. Now you're taking back your criticisms, you're deleting your tweets and all that. He actually responded to someone saying, I think it's pretty obvious why I would delete a tweet like this. I'm trying to set the stage to have progressive conversations and take positive action instead of just hurling stones. I understand the anger, but I don't appreciate the immediate hostility and harassment. Motherfucker, I'm getting paid. Yeah, I deleted my tweets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting paid to work with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is so that, that's what happened, yeah. Isn't that funny how mm-hmm. you, our, uh, our morals are so eh, wishy-washy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, for the right price, a lot of people will do some pretty awful things. Man, you you present me with the right LED light package today, I'll, I'll forgive a whole lot of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all depends on where your interests are and what you really want in life. And in that moment, if and, someone can give it to you, and you're willing to overlook yep. a lot of, a lot of yep. shit. Mm-hmm. That's why, Ron, I'm going to Chili's to get my southwestern egg rolls. And I'm not going to wear a mask because how else am I going to eat the egg roll? Mm-hmm. How else am I eat the egg roll? Mm-hmm. I walk in with a mask with a hole in it and I'll shove the egg roll through the hole. Oh. And then I get a bunch of uh, like corn salsa on the edges. Oh, and, yeah. Oh. Oh. Gross. <laughs> someone's getting off on that, though. Someone, oh. Someone's getting that image. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F- feed, feed a messy food through the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman 3. Fast tracked. Okay. It's happening. Uh, Patty Jenkins coming back. Gal Gadot. Duh. Coming back. Okay. All right. Uh, and this is Toby Emmerich, head of Warner Brothers. As fans around the world continue to embrace Diana Prince, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're excited to see blah, 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 who will return. This is the part that I wanted to pull. Um, Gal and Patty, who will return to conclude the long-planned theatrical trilogy. Like, he threw, threw the word theatrical into his statement right off the bat to let people know, listen, just because we went with the HBO Max release on this one doesn't mean we're not, we're not doing theatrical stuff it's such a sticky issue with all these hollywood types now with what hbo what warner brothers has done what at&t really has done so now they have to be like oh, it's still gonna be it's come out in theaters we, don't worry we, we, we promise we swear we're not trying to kill theaters um so we'll see what happens with uh but they're gonna do it wonder woman 3 okay so patty jenkins now working on rogue squadron and then i was about to say i mean it's gonna world be world a couple years down the road a couple years down the road anyway <clears throat> Meanwhile, Patty Jenkins uh, doing some you know media and stuff. Obviously, someone asked her about being hired 
or not being hired, but being looked at and almost making Thor 2. Is that The Lost World? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she ultimately did not do that movie, but she has a good quote about this. It's from back in 2011. Word got out that I wanted to do a superhero film and to Marvel's credit on a movie that didn't require a woman at all. They hired me. So I've always been grateful to them, even though it didn't work out. Uh, Now, the reason why she left. Here we go. This is interesting. They wanted to do a story that I thought was not going to succeed. And I knew it couldn't be me to fail. It couldn't be me that had that happen. If they hired any guy to do it, it wouldn't be a big deal. But I knew in my heart that I could not make a good movie out of the story they wanted me to do. So she knew that as a... It's a double standard where yep. if you're a woman director... Damn and, if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah, exactly. If she makes a movie and, I, and it doesn't work out, then she's like, oh, no, women can't see. Women can't right. be directors. But if a guy does it, like, yeah, fuck it. Just give him another shot. Proving the point, Thor Lost World was directed by Alan Taylor, who is, uh, at that point, was hot off of directing some big episodes of Game of Thrones... And the movie was a piece of shit. No one liked it. So, of course, he got Terminator Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. You know, Which is another, another piece of another shit. Another piece that of nobody shit. That nobody liked. Oh, actually, what's that? No, not Dark Fate. Um, Genesis. Which I think is even worse than Dark Fate, actually. Still. <laughs> somehow. <clears throat> yeah. Nanobot John Connor. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. Um, yeah. And, and so, so, it's ridiculous how. Uh, the double standard and all that. But she wisely... Knew that the story was a bad idea and didn't do it. Also, that was back when Marvel had a creative committee. Uh, and they had a whole team of people that were guiding every movie. Like, this is what the story is going to be. And you're doing this. Well, and then and they got rid of all those people. And now it's just Kevin Feige. Well, that and they had, they had, at that point in time, they still hadn't figured out Thor. Mm. <clears throat> that too. That as well. He was still Kenneth Branagh's Thor. It took, <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is fine. On paper, I get it. But it took... Getting rid of all those old heads and letting Kevin Feige have all the power, mm-hmm. and then him knowing, okay, let me get Watiti in here because that motherfucker's genius. Let me get his <laughs> input. We can all work together. So the movies these people are making, it's not like Taika Watiti's Thor, but it is. Like it has his style yeah. and his humor for sure. He's shaping it and molding it and all that. But it is weird how it's also still one huge cohesive thing. I mean, without without Taika Waititi, we would've never gotten space DJ Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I don't think so, right? <laughs> that, that, that strange detail. Also, it turns out Drew and I are both dancing right what? now at, the, at, at our table. That's why there needs to be a video, a video component for little little spontaneous bit pops like that, Drew Sokolwin. Or a little DJ moment. We can pretend we're Daft Punk. <laughs> we need some cool masks for that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> With lights on them, man, yes. it's getting expensive. Inside. I'm quickly Inside them. Yeah. <laughs> to light us. Yes. <laughs> and then we have a robo voices when we speak. So when we talk through it, it's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I don't have any sort of setup like that. Sandwich wiki. We can we can really do. We can be Transformers. What? We can be Transformers, stop the punk. Yes. <laughs> Sandwich wiki. The all spark is gone, but also we must jam. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Um, Warner Brothers. Speaking of Warner Brothers, they have set a release date for Furiosa. Okay. All right. It's fucking happening, Drew. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I was for a while. I didn't think. I mean, it took him forever to make Fury Road anyway. Yeah. Like, first off, it took him forever to get it greenlit. And then once it was, it took another several years for it to actually be physically made. Uh, and then after it was made, then there was all this, these lawsuits over rights issues and monies. And, like, the sequel wouldn't happen or whatever. Next week wouldn't happen without all that shit getting settled. George Miller's George Miller's 80 years old, something like that. He's an old He's, man. Uh, so, come on. Could have fooled me. <laughs> Seriously. He made a movie of a man a quarter his age. <laughs> yeah. he, he blew those young dudes out of the water. <laughs> he, he was like, master walking through. Yeah, exactly. Master walking through, right here. The, the Safties got coked up and watched it, and were like, this is too, too much. <laughs> How did they get all this energy? We can't do this. Um, June 23rd, 2023. So, not next summer, but the summer after. Yeah. Is when Mm -hmm. they plan on releasing Furiosa, starring Anya Taylor-Joy as a young Furiosa. Um, Chris Hemsworth and Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the second, both star. Uh, Rumor being Hemsworth is going to be a young Immortan Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, here we go. Warner Brothers also announced a bunch of other movies to come out in 2023, but that's the only one we really care about at the moment. Agreed. Uh, oh, okay. So this is uh, duly interesting. So, um, does the name Alan Dean Foster mean anything to you, Drusa Cogman? Uh, nope. The, 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 the Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster. Nope. No, nothing? I, I haven't. But have you grown up, have you read any, were you ever into reading the Star Wars novels? No. But that whole world that then like Disney like erased yeah. when they did their whole legacy mm-hmm. thing or whatever. Um, Alan Dean Foster is like the most well-known of, of these those... of the Star Wars novelists. Okay, and he's almost like the official Lucas guy. So he did all the official novelizations, and then he did some spinoff stuff. I think the most popular one that he did is Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Okay, um, which is I think right after Return of the Jedi. Anyway, so a couple things. First off, he. As, since he's still alive, was hired to do novelizations for the Disney movies. And when you do the novelizations for these movies, you get the screenplay and you write the novel based on the screenplay. So sometimes when you read the novel, you get extra information. You mm-hmm. get deleted scenes, essentially, yeah. which is really cool. Uh, I wish I still had my novelization of um, Encino Man. <laughs> yes, Of all the things. Of all the things I had. <laughs> Uh, it was back when Scholastic Books. Oh yeah, man, the Scholastic I love, Book Fair. I love those thin pieces yeah. of paper and going through. I loved those those things. And one year, I got Encino Man. Uh, not even knowing what novelizations was, because we must have been what seven years old, eight Something years old at like that time. And I remember reading that and the description of the the '90s thing of when the you snap with just yeah. a couple fingers. Uh, uh, it kept in, in the novelization. It, it was described as a two fingers hand snap they had to yeah. like describe it they yeah. had to describe it verb uh, to be read and even as a kid I remember reading that and being like oh this is cringy <laughs> like, this <laughs> like is really th- that doesn't yeah. yeah this is really awkward and it reads by someone who's a, who's a dork and doesn't understand uh-huh. what, what us cool kids understand is cool because I know that's cool because Paulie Shore did it in the movie and no. and he's popular right mm-hmm. now anyway and he's the weasel weasel <laughs> Turns into like eight syllable word. You know how yeah. hard that is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Spencer of the Mind side. This, this article confirms it. Anyway, so Dean Alan Dean Foster, uh, he wrote the um, Force Awakens novelization, and he said that they made him take out 
Where it is. Is it here? They made him take out um, hints at romance between John Boyega's Finn and Daisy Ridley's Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's his. Because quote. I'm sure in the script that was where it's probably originally supposed to go. Yeah, it, it was. It was leaning that way. It was totally leaning that way. Yeah, absolutely. And then an app popped up. Yeah, but, 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 then, but then Finn saw Poe. And it was like, damn! That's the better romance. <laughs> that's the better romance. And then the second movie, the one with the Rose Tico thing, it was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I'm just not feeling this one. Yeah, no. And then the third one, it was yeah, just yeah, like, it nothing, shot to shit. just nothing. Uh, I did my usual thing when I do these adaptations of trying to fix things that I think need fixing in the story and <laughs> fixing in the science. This guy is so full of himself. Some things they said to take out and some things they left alone. I'm going to tell you one thing they made me take out because enough time has passed. I don't think it matters. The first thing was, there was obviously the beginnings of a relationship between John Boyega's character and Daisy Ridley's character, and I expected to see that developed further in episode 8. And Zero happened with it, and we all know why Zero happened with it, and there's no need to go into it in depth, but that's Sally just the way things are. Obviously, it's not about like racism mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, meanwhile, so he confirms that this, there's this romance... That is, uh, was originally supposed to be intended, but then they made him eat this out of there. We're not, we're not going down this controversial route of a, a white woman loving a black man. How dare you? This is 2020. We can't be having, well, actually, this is technically 2017, 2016. Yeah. It's 2016. We can't be having this kind of politics. Right. So, so you got you got one side being like Disney with this social justice warriors making us uh, be diverse and stuff like that, and then you got Disney being like, you can't be doing this stuff. <laughs> like, where's the truth? What's happening here? The truth is, we're all fucked, no matter what who's in charge. It all sucks. Uh huh. Sounds about right. Um. Meanwhile, Alan Dean Foster went on to shit all over the Last Jedi. Hates it. Hates it. Hates it. Hates it. And said that he without being asked, wrote a story treatment for episode nine that in his words, fixed all the things that were dumb about uh, episode eight. And he sent it off to Disney, not being asked, he just sent it to them, knowing that they would do nothing with it. They're probably already in production mm-hmm. anyway. And then he put it online for people, for all the anti-Last Jedi uh, people out there. So even at the higher upper echelons of Star Wars uh, people, you have dissenters about whether or not just uh, Last Jedi is a good movie or a bad movie. Pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty funny. Um, Michael J. White mm-hmm. had some interesting comments on a new Spawn movie. Oh! Okay. Someone someone else going to try to crack this code? They've been trying for a couple years now. <clears throat> Bloomhouse has their mitts on it. Okay, so go leading more horror. I like. A few years ago, they cast Jamie Foxx as Spawn. Mm. Okay. And uh, Todd McFarlane, this whole time, has been planning to direct it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Michael J. White probably agrees with your that, reactions, that, Drew. That's like, <laughs> th- that's like saying, uh, you know, Frank Miller wants to uh, direct the next Batman movie. Well, no, he has an idea for uh, even better than Batman. <laughs> Have you heard of the spirits, my brother? Oh. Um, this is Michael J. White. On Todd McFarlane. He's been trying to get a new movie up and going for 23 years. The last time I saw him, he was telling me about his idea of Spawn being ethereal fog that you don't see, like Jaws. And he strikes and you never see him. And I'm like, okay, good luck with that. Personally, I wish him well. That would be a major investment. He goes on, I don't know Todd to be a director at all. It's kind of like Stan Lee. He created the character, 
but he doesn't direct him, and I guess somebody would have to pony up for a lot of money for Tom McFarlane to direct his first time directing this movie idea that he has. I've heard about Jimmy Fox starring it, and I wished him well. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it sounds like an awful idea all around. Yeah. So even Michael J. White's like, I, no. <laughs> someone asked him, he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, you want to have, I mean, the best spawn that's been made has been the animated series that was on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you, you want to update it, you want to get funky, you want to bring it to a new audience. I do, I do, I do. Give it to somebody in the anime world. Do a fucking super violent spawn anime. Okay. And rock everyone's face. Yeah, and lead into the anime, anime more popular than ever worldwide. Uh in part because of Netflix. You're Netflix right. signing all these big deals and then signing more deals as more people watch them. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, lean into that. Lean into the animated side of it because it's a fucking weird-ass character. Rewatch some of the movie, uh, the Spawn movie recently. Oh! It's wild. It's wildly bad. It's like, I I don't, I didn't see it when it first came out. Oh, you see, I, see, I was a comic book nerd even back then. So when they're making a, a comic book movie, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm there. Go see it. Day one. I, I missed out on that. So I saw it like in college or something. Um, so I already had a few years to be like, man, the, the effects in this are bad. The but, effects looked bad in the beginning. When, yeah, when like it came about, out. But, I mean, if you look at them now, it's like, holy. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Holy Real shit. bad. Holy Real, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's truly wild. Yeah. And people it, are like, it's oh, truly yeah. awful. People are like, yeah, put this in theaters. We, we, we yeah. Charge people to watch this. They, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it killed that's, Michael J. White's career. That's a crime. It did for, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he like, yeah, it, he got it, relegated it, to the direct-to-video. Yeah, it, 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 well, it, took, him, it gave him. took him out of theaters. Yeah. He went to actor jail for a long time, yeah. Michael J. White. Uh, also, he apparently isn't the best guy to work with, allegedly. I mean, that, how, the, how the fuck would I know? That helps her. So that's what I'm saying. Mm. I'm here on the grapevine. Uh, this is old knowledge. It could be it's could be out of date by now. He could be older and more chill and more. But from what I've heard back in the day, mm-mm, not not a pleasure to work with. Uh, Shia LaBeouf level maybe. Okay. So reports from the set of the Batman is that Matt Reeves has a penchant for doing many many takes. He's becoming one of these perfectionist directors, okay. a la a Kubrick or a Fincher. I was about to say that, a Fincher. Mm-hmm. And that's tough on an actor that has to wear a Batman suit mm-hmm. and do whole like physical acting. So word on the street coming from the set is that Rob Pattinson is fucking beat down making this movie. Yeah. He's tired as hell. He also uh, had COVID. Yeah. Pretty recently. Yeah. And now he's like he's got to continue doing all this physical yeah. shit. Um. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to see how this movie turns out. I'm interested in seeing how any movie turns out being produced during this time period. I'm really interested in the dueling Batman movies. They are doing dueling. <laughs> they've, they've confirmed, like, yeah, we're going ahead and we're going multiverse. We're going to, that's the whole point of the Flash is to find ways to get people used to the idea of, yeah, we're going to have multiple, multiple Batman, Batman, multiple Mul- Supermen, multiple everything. Meanwhile, Marvel is doing Spider-Man, uh, all the Spider-Men now uh, to do their true multiverse. They tease the multiverse. Yeah. And now they're going to do it for real. And uh, is this the beginning of the end for the genre as we know it in terms of uh, a cohesiveness of storytelling? Well, I do, what I think is going to happen as opposed to the quote-unquote superhero genre, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that superhero movies are going to start diving into the genre films. Sure. Well, yeah, they already have been, right? No. Um like we talked about it recently, the She-Hulk series is going to be a legal comedy. Well, no, and, exactly. Uh, I mean, the first Ant-Man, Ant-Man was a heist movie, mm-hmm. so... Right. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, political. And when you 
get genre specific like that, then it actually gives your movie more of a, a singular voice outside of just comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Spider-Man movies. Those are just comic, comic book, book movies. Movie. Which yeah. is fine. They're probably the best example of that genre. Just as long as they don't get another Spider-Man origin. Jesus fucking Christ. I think we're beyond that. Now, we're, yeah, <laughs> now they're like, fuck the origins. Here's, here's multiple Spider-Man. But no Ben. No Ben. Is there going to be a Ben? Will we get multiple Bens? Wait, Martin Sheen and a... Uh, wait, is Martin Sheen alive? Ooh, that's a great question. Rest impossible? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think I would know if Martin Sheen I was I feel dead. like we would all know Martin <laughs> Sheen. Did I just kill Martin Sheen? Um, so obviously people are worried about theatrical box office. They, they still have Oh, thank God. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, you know, will, will theater still be a thing after COVID? Of course, it will still be a thing. As a matter of fact, Jersey Cogburn, in countries where they got COVID settled uh, a lot quicker than us dumbbell Americans. I'm sure it's uh, the right box of the way it was. In Japan, a movie came out called Demon Slayer. Okay. Full title is actually Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Okay, so it's the a movie. Ja- I'm not done. Colon. Mugen Train. Okay. 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 So obviously, Japanese film, Japanese audiences, it's like their own thing. Yes. And it's um, a movie, like sequel, I guess, of uh, a popular. Is it just a manga or is it a TV show? It's something. It's a pop known thing in Japan. Over there. But the reason I'm bringing it up and it's making news is because there's a copy according to the Japan Times. The movie made 32.47 billion won. Drew in twenty four million, drew twenty four million people to theaters since it opened October sixteenth, making it the highest grossing film in Japan, surpassing Spirited Away. There we go. Spirited Away was the yeah. highest grossing Japanese yeah. film for a long time, almost yeah, two yeah. decades. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure before that it was Godzilla. Probably, most likely. Um, Demon Slayer has made more money in much less time. And doing so post-pandemic, so... Well, I'm sure people are... I'm sure, just like everywhere else, people just itching for the pandemic to end to get back to regular fucking life. Yep. In 2020, the highest grossing movie worldwide, Drew, is The 800, which is a uh, Chinese film, which made just over $400 million worldwide. Obviously, most of that... In China. In China. Um, But because... But they had the masses. They had... They had the ability to release movies. We didn't hear in America, and that's why for 2020, five of the top ten grossing films worldwide are um, Chinese and Japanese movies. Oh, makes sense. So there you go. America, not number one. USA, not okay. I say, when was the last time we were number one in something? Uh, last year, when we when we had all the box office. <laughs> Technically, in 2020, the Chinese box office market was bigger than the U.S. the North American box office. Makes sense. Yeah. In 2021, I'll probably bounce back the other way. As theaters reopen, especially in New York and Los Angeles. Uh, we got two stories left. And, oh, this is working out fine. <clears throat> Time-wise. Netflix, After Party, new TV show. They're taking the Talking Dead format and applying it to their slate of Netflix originals. Yep. Hosted by David Spade, Fortune Feimster, and someone else. I don't have the article pulled in front of me. The it's just like it's Talking Heads. It's Talking Heads. David Spade, Fortune Feimster, and London Hughes. Uh, they're going to talk to people from Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, F is for Family. So that'll be a Bill Burr episode. Queen's Gambit, Love Is Blind, etc., etc. And uh, there's already a show out there, the Netflix After Party: colon, The Best Shows of the Worst Year. 
and that's sort of like a pilot of what they're going to do. So it sounds like just you know Netflix stroking its own ego. It's for sure uh, self promotion. Yeah, hundred percent. Get people interested in checking out their things, their most popular things, and why not? It's fine. Why not? And obviously, it's like people that they're working with already. David, David Spade, that he was in that wrong Missy movie. Yeah. You no know, Fortune Feimster. I think she was on another uh, one of the Netflix series or something. These are all people already working with. I was about to say all those people have had recent Netflix specials. Yes. So yeah, exactly. So uh, she's like, hey, we're working together. You already essentially have you under contract. It's almost like the old system of Hollywood, like the Hail Caesar system no. of Hollywood filmmaking, where you have all your directors and actors like under contract in and, a stable. No. And, yeah. It, your literal stable. They're out there with the horses and the goats. Nope. <laughs> writing scripts and milking the cows. Um, things were better back then. I understand Make America Great Again now. I finally understand it. <laughs> Can we redo the election? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. All, the, all those, uh, the GOP will fix it for us. That's fine. Now. All you gotta do is just uh, change your last name and everything will be great. What do I gotta change it for? People think it's Italian sometimes. <laughs> well, actually, Italian's still kind of... You know, so, <laughs> that skirting that ethnic line yeah. there, buddy. Go go back to New York over there with your fucking Zeppelis and the whatnot. You ever have a Zeppelin? I don't think so. They're delicious. I'm sure they are. Um, <clears throat> Steven Soderbergh reveals that he was in talks for a while there to do a James Bond movie. But okay. just like uh, how it happened with Danny Boyle when he got hired for a minute... Um, they couldn't work out. According to him, uh, we couldn't, it says we just couldn't dot, dot, dot. The last 10 yards were, we just couldn't figure it out. So like they were agreed on so much stuff, but there were just some key differences that sort of wanted to push the franchise. But the Broccoli is the producers. The, the, like, nope. like, no, we were very protective of this thing that we've been making movies with since the sixties. Um, so whenever someone like a Sam Mendes or a Carrie Fukunaga like sign on, you know, after doing something like True Detective or whatever, it's like, oh, interesting that they managed to work together and figure out an interesting path. If you go back to all the 80s ones, all the Roger Moore ones and all that, um, they're all made by the same guy. This dude, John Flynn, who was like a fine director, but all the movies look the same. Yeah. And they're all just like, yeah. like whatever. Formulaic. Yes. They're all formulaic, but now you got like a skyfall, and you're like, whoa, that's cool. But then you get like a, a specter from the same director, and you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe someone should have told them no at some point. Where maybe they did, who knows? I don't know. Uh, so a Soderbergh James Bond would have been interesting, it would have all been processes, oh, very talky, what about very talky Bond. Very talky Bond. Pro- and, and I guarantee you, like, while Q was telling him about everything, like, you'd be watching a little tiny vignette of Q making it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see, like, in a factory, and, yeah. you, and you follow the, the dude down, like, down, like, and there's, uh, what's his name? Cliff Martinez. It goes like a real bing bong bing bong score underneath the whole thing. A lot of electronic doodads. Could have been fun. Could have been good. Would have been interesting. Tarantino famously wanted to do, has an idea for Bond and wanted to do one like 20 years ago, um, back when they were, they settled on Casino Royale, rebooting the franchise, yeah. essentially. Tarantino threw his hat in the ring. Of course they were. Yeah, we're not, we're not. Just like he wants to do a, a Star Trek, but like his idea for a Star Trek. It's like, not, not what Star Trek people, it's not what Star Trek wants. Yeah. <laughs> Although they've been like, they've been, they've been teasing it quite a bit lately, uh, like talking about it and, mm-hmm. and the, the problem with his idea is just that it jettisons most of the crew. Yeah. It's like a, it's like 
Shatner, well, because it's based on the show, it was like Shatner, Spock, and like Bones. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Like, what about Scotty? Scotty's dead. <laughs> Sorry. Scotty, Scotty's dead. Both Scotty's are dead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. That sucks. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a doomed role now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a, the cursed role of Scotty. Um, I'm just saying, if you get cast as Scotty, check your mail for like automobile just be pre- recalls. Just, well, and, and be prepared to be beamed up early. <laughs> Beam me up early, Scotty. Beam me up early indeed. <laughs> to the pearly gates. Okay, we're at the end of the episode, so thank you, Drew Chicago. You're welcome, Chris. And you are welcome, listeners, for the first episode of 2021. We'll see what the rest of the year brings. Hopefully, less pestilence. I think that's fair. PFT Media Production.